0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present the Diane Ray Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. I'm Diane Ray, and I'm so glad you could tune in and join me being present here with me on unityonlineradio.org even in these crazy times, right? You know, I get a lot of books that come to me from uh, different publicists and different friends and people that want to get on the show and share what they're teaching. And sometimes a book comes across your desk at just the right time. And the current situation that we're in right now, dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, it's challenging, it's exhausting. We're all, you know... (laughs) We're all speechless. We're all kind of uh, grasping and dealing with this new normal. It's affecting people all over the globe. So I was really happy to see this new book from Iman El Zabi. It's called Finding Grace, Daily Comfort for Uncertain Times. And the book offers daily thoughts and lessons to help us move through these times that we're in right now. It's so perfect. It's so timely for what's happening. And I've had a chance to speak to Iman before. She's such an amazing teacher. She's a Muslim spiritual teacher and life coach who integrates the principles of harmony, beauty, and unity in her teachings. And she helps individuals transform their lives, heal from past trauma, and live authentically. And Iman is also the Director of Executive Education at New York University in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. And that's where she joins us today. And you can also find her at imanalzabi.com. And I'm so glad that we could connect today. Thank you so much for talking with me.
1: Thank you, Diane, for having me.
0: Well, this crazy time has been affecting all of us all around the globe. And I'm just curious, you know, tell us what your experience is like in Abu Dhabi, how have you been able to adapt to what's been going on?
1: Um, it's just strange how it's all over the world. Like it, it's, it seems like it's a collective experience. Um, so we have the same uh, lockdown here. And in that lockdown, our kids are at home. Uh, we're working from home as well. Um, you know, we, we barely go out uh, just for groceries and essentials, and then we come back. So it's been tough on all of us um, trying to make sense of what's happening and why it has happened. And do these, you know, regulations and rules even make sense? Um, So, yeah, we've been um, looking at this in a way that is, um, how should I say, Um, with with a, a sense of uncertainty. But at the same time, I have a sense that there's something that is like this is a turning point. That is shifting us to something different.
0: Well, I want to I want to explore that. I really do because I I hope you're right. (laughs) I want to believe that, and I've heard from other spiritual teachers and other people that were in a state of what some people have called a divine chaos, like this situation that we're in globally. There's there's some something behind it, like, like you were saying, and you really feel that, right? Do you you really feel that this is an incubation period, maybe that we're we're being forced to stop and reflect on on what we're doing and maybe approach life in a different way?
1: Right. I felt that since 2012, uh, since 2012, I've been feeling something is coming our way, and when the COVID 19 pandemic happened, I was like. I was hit by a relief like oh my god now here it is (laughs) this thing that I've been feeling for a long time which I felt like there was a collective crisis about to happen Um, you know this is where it started and it felt like now it's the time to retreat within and you know the, the masks that we wear during the day we when we have this pandemic it's allowing us to take the mask that we have put on for years. So this is a time to look within and to ask questions that are very, very important. Now, this is a turning point in which, you know, you're trying to make sense of it. You don't know. There is a lot of uncertainty. But the idea is not to focus on the what is uncertain. The idea is to focus on what is truthful now and what is real and what should you do during this time. Um, what would be your role during this time? How can you bring out the virtues that reside within you and and really take them forward because the world needs us and this is the time to kind of come out in full and not really hide anymore? Well, we don't like uncertainty. (laughs) We really don't. (laughs) And
0: it's difficult. We don't like change and we don't like transition. I mean, a lot of people, I had been working from home for the past, uh, you know, two and a half years. So I had, I had already kind of made that transition recently, but this is so different for so many people. Like for example, right now, as we're talking, um, I am really crossing my finger fingers that the workers next door on the building that are doing this construction, they're jackhammering right now during our interview. So I'm thinking, Oh no, you know, do not ruin my conversation here with Iman, but, you know, I just, I have to deal with it. I mean, there's nothing I can do to stop, you know, to stop them. So I'm just, I'm trying to adjust to a a new normal and a lot of people are too, but we don't like it, right? We don't like having to make concessions or adjust and, and we fight so hard against change and transition. And, and really that's what causes a lot of suffering, doesn't it? The fact that we're fighting so hard against it.
1: Absolutely, and and this is where the art of surrender comes in, right? This is where you have already um, built your 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 faith for so many years to the point now when a crisis happens, you you just give it over to God, and you say, "I surrender this, and I give this to you, and take me forward," right? Um, because of I mean, there's no one who can see the future or the past and 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 kind of integrate everything all at once. We're we're incapable of that, right? We're physical beings in this you know uh, space and time dimension, and so only God, who's the infinite, can actually help us move forward. And it doesn't mean it's going to look pretty all the way, you know. And it doesn't mean we're not going to struggle. But it, what it means. Through our struggle, there is a sense of peace. And through our struggle, there is a sense of faith. Through our struggle, there is a sense of possibly opening and progress and transformation. And that, to me, is what is valuable about life more than anything else.
0: Well, I want to mention, too, that The Art of Surrender, which was such a great book, that was your first book where you really got into this subject in depth and being able to you know have that surrender that that feeling of surrender and really and really it's not that you're giving up you're really finding strength in that act of being able to surrender right and you and you talk about that in the book now the new book that we're going to get into a little bit as well is called finding grace and this is your your second book And I really, I love this book. It's so, it's so hopeful. It offers so much inspiration and it's a little bit different in, well, it's a very different from your first book because it's divided up into seasons and it's 365 different inspirations for us to reflect upon each day. And I like how the book can be used perpetually, right? It doesn't really time out because it's not dated specifically. So you can read a different one each day. And After you finished The Art of Surrender, what was your inspiration for doing a book like this, like Finding Grace?
1: It is part of that uh, sense that I um, mentioned earlier, which is like, I feel the world is shifting and the world is changing, that I felt like I've accumulated enough, let's say, sense-making insights um, as the world changes. And then I thought, let me put all of those together in a book that help, hopefully, because I was trying to make sense of what was happening myself. And so um, in that process, I've documented those insights and what came to me. And then um, I was able to put it all in a book. But some some elements of this book ha- contain, um, you know, parts of the art of surrender, because I feel like there was a lot of wisdom in that book as well. So I brought it in into this as well.
0: No, I love it. There really there really is. There's so much there's so much wisdom in the art of surrender and I hope people check out that book as well and pick this up. I mean, this is such a beautiful book to give to someone else if they're having a hard time with what's going on right now and it gives you something to start your day with where you can try to make make that shift and and really gives people maybe a sense of control of things that we can't control where we feel like things are spiraling into chaos. And I mean, do you, do you use these principles every day yourself, you know, to try to come back to calm and peace? How how do you do that?
1: Yeah, I have uh, what is called a power hour, which is my hour at the beginning of the day. And it includes, you know, elements that I love, which is such as prayer, exercise, breathing, um, looking at quotes that I love, and all of these elements. So I kind of designed that in a way that inspires me and then get me to work afterwards. So, yeah.
0: So in your own practice, I mean, do you follow a, is it something that you've kind of created for yourself or do you follow a certain spiritual practice?
1: No, I'm, I'm all about kind of finding your own path for yourself and what works best for you. Um, though I'm a practicing Muslim. So I do my five day prayer, and I do my uh, fasting and all the other elements of being a Muslim. But I also have my inner desire to connect to God. And I have, um, you know, my own prayers that I say and, and my own connection that I I try to make every day. So yeah. So do you feel
0: that really, one of the reasons that we are in a, in a lot of in a lot of pain. Um, you you had written that the root of human suffering is disconnection, and I think that's interesting because if you look around, there's such a um, what's the word, you know, such a difference where we're so connected in so many ways. Like like you and I are connecting right now. I'm in California. Uh, you're in Abu Dhabi. So we can connect, I can connect with people all over the world, but then in so many other ways, people are so disconnected. You know, we're staring at our screens all the time. You know, you see families that before when we were able to be in restaurants, you know, now we can't now, but you would see people at tables, you know, sitting across from each other, both looking at their phones. What are ways that we as individuals can help to reconnect people on a real substantial level?
1: Right. So disconnection to me is about disconnecting from truth, right? And so what is truth? Truth is that nature is our biological home, right? So we want to take care of that. Truth is also that we have our inner connection to ourselves. We need to maintain that and and kind of establish that and maintain it. We also have truth that, you know, God is there for us and we need to connect to that, right? We also have truth that, in which we understand that people are here to be on our way as teachers, are here to be our, on our way as helpers, as guides, as as whatever you name it, through um, connecting with us. So we also need to connect to that truth as well. So to me, the disconnection is all about disconnecting from those truths and not being able to find them in ourselves and act on them. So it's a matter of kind of restoring that within ourselves. And, and it's about conviction and coming to terms with things like that, that allows you to have a basis for the way you act in the world, the way you show up, and then move
0: forward. I'm so glad that I'm able to talk to you today because I'll be honest that I I really feel disconnected a lot of, a lot of the time, <laughs> especially recently. Like I'll come out and admit, you know, on the air that, I mean, I really doubt, you know, I, I wonder, is this really supposed to be happening right now? Is is the divine looking out for me uh, as an individual? And I really want to feel that. I really do. I, I want to feel that connection. I want to believe that that force is there and available to me. And I try to convince myself on one on one level, you know, I'll talk to myself, yes, you know, I I do believe in God. I guess what I am saying is, like, sometimes I doubt, Iman. I really oh, do. No. I I doubt it, and maybe you can help me, uh, you know, get that back. Like, I I really want to feel that that faith. I guess my faith is faltering,
1: right? And it is it is for a lot of people, by the way, at this time when crisis hit, our faith kind of gets shaken, and we kind of feel sometimes feel pe- betrayed. Like we say, how come? God, did you create this? And I was just getting my footing in the world. I was just doing this and I was just doing that. And now, you know, I have this crisis that I have to deal with. Um, but understand that God is is not an intellectual concept. That is a very important thing to kind of get. Because if you think it is intellectual, you're trying to get there with your mind. Understand that God is is pretty much an ultimate truth that we all seek to get to right and so when you're not there it means you haven't reached and 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 kind of connected the, to that truth yet which means you have a lot to do in terms of your inner work in terms of kind of questioning your, your thinking questioning your uh path because that's what i kind of tell people to do is just practice the art of spiritual inquiry And inquire as much as possible so that you feel you're sitting in a place where this resonates, right? And as soon as you connect to the ultimate truth, resonance hits in. And you feel it in your heart and you know it is the truth, right? And if it doesn't hit in, it means you've been um, kind of thinking about this through your mind instead of your heart. So it's a hard journey and that's where it should start right? Um, And and prayer always helps, you know, to me, I I always tell people, just pray that you want to be connected back to God, and he will guide you there.
0: I, you know, I'm going to take your advice, I will, I I do. And it's interesting, because I have felt, I've felt it in the past, like I've always felt in in my mind, sometimes first thing in the morning, I'll hear, I'll hear that voice and kind of feel like the arm around me saying, you know, oh, it's going to be okay. And, I'm here for you. And then lately I've, I've been saying, hello, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not hearing you. What happened? Where did you go? And so then I do question like, what am I doing something wrong? Or maybe I just need to get a little more quiet and, and listen, because sometimes the voice is louder and sometimes it's faint. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm struggling just like everybody else. Um, and do you, well, do you think it's, it's harder for people? I mean, I've had some background, you know, I I was brought up Catholic and, you Mm -hmm. know, then as I got older, I started reading, um, you know, about a bunch of other spiritual traditions. And I've always been interested in that because I've always been interested in the unknown or is there a God or life after death or all of those things, you know? And do you think it's, it's harder for people who have had no Basis to draw from, I guess. You know, like you have a, a strong Muslim faith, and that's how you were brought up, right? You were you're brought up Muslim, um, but but I, I
1: questioned it, and and in that you did question. too. I've come <laughs> back full circle, so I I was in there, and I did follow a lot of teachers. I did you know dabble in in you know the new age and new spirituality until I came full circle back to my faith. So which is an interesting thing.
0: Yeah. It is. It, it I think that journey for people it's so individual and it, and it's interesting to talk to you about what you went through and just, you know, kind of almost comparing notes, you know, in a way. And I remember when I was younger, you know, um, and I had to go to uh, you know, religious education classes and I I went to all of the all of the rituals and i do i do still love rituals you know i went to all the catholic rituals i was confirmed and had my first communion and all of that and i felt that all of that was really beautiful but then when i had questions sometimes that wasn't openly embraced you know they would just say well this is how it is mm-hmm. and you know, and then you would just, as a child, you just say, okay, well, that's how it is. And then as you get older, you, you read things and I've read, you know, some beautiful text from a, incredible teachers that really influenced me. But that's interesting that you kind of came full circle. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll come full circle too. But I, I think, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think regardless, like whatever your own individual journey is that, that, that power of, or that that energy of, of grace and love is available to all of us, no matter how we
1: get to it. Right. Oh yeah. By virtue of existing, by virtue of being a creation of this divine uh, being, you have it all. Right. And he's patiently waiting for you to come back. Um, but only there's only one door, which is the door of truth. God is nothing but the truth. Right. And so, you can't have it you can't have it your way let's say it has to come through the the path of truth and this is why i say when you connect back to the truth by questioning by seeking by asking questions and to to get to a, a space where it feels like you know what this is this this is non-questionable to me right now i feel it in my entire being and i know it is to be true because faith and and spiritual seeking is basically a, a very much of a, an individual journey. A lot of people kind of try to seek the truth outside of themselves, but don't understand that it is a, a an internal process that happens over time that builds through time, and you know. Um, Through what I call the law of awakening, God awakens us. And when your soul starts to ask the big questions of life, it's kind of asking you, hey, wake up, it's time for you to connect to to the truth of life, right? And so you go on that journey. So so some people arrive, some people feel like, no, I'm still seeking. Um, But eventually, you have to arrive, you have to come to a place where you build your nest of faith where you build your space in which you feel comforted, in which you feel that sense of, of grace when you need it. So that's how I see it.
0: I, I like that metaphor, the build your nest of faith. I, I like that. I, cause that just kind of gives me a comforting, uh, a comforting feeling that I'll build my nest of faith.
1: And it is that it is. I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, um, promising you something that doesn't exist—it is um, a nest in which all of us build for ourselves. But it it, 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 it its comfort is based on how well you've j- journeyed in your in your travels, right? Its comfort is based on your convictions, on your beliefs that you know that they are gonna. There is a God, and that you're you're taken care of no matter what, and that God loves you no matter what. And all of these elements, right? But it, you have to feel it. It's never intellectual until you feel right. like, yeah, this is my space. Now I, I can function from this and I can actually launch into the world from this place. And it, it seems so,
0: what's the word? Not, I guess like a cliche to say, you know, the answer lies within, you know, and I've heard that so many times, even in songs, you know, there's one song by Cat Stevens, on the road to find out. And he sings, the answer lies within Um, it. You know, and you think, oh, that's just a part of a song or what people say. But what you're, but what you're saying is that that really is true. The truth does lie within us. We just have to kind of, we have to excavate it, I guess.
1: Right. And it doesn't mean it always is within us, by the way, It, it is. So here's what happens. So like, you know, you have information outside of you, and Which is the nature of reality. When you get that information, there is a sense of where your mind tries to reason with it. And then your heart either answers with a yes or no, which means resonant or not resonant. Because your heart carries the seed of truth. It has it all, right? And so when that information comes into your consciousness, you question it first. You have to, because you can't just take it on, on face value and as you do you feel like oh my god yes 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 or no this doesn't look right to me it doesn't feel right and then you dismiss it right so to me that's how you kind of practice inquiry by looking at these um element by element of your of your of your spiritual journey until you feel like you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm feeling good i feel connected right
0: i mean it's You know, we can we can talk about that and and people that are listening will probably say, Oh, you know, that sounds great for you, but I, I can't access that. You know, and especially if you're in a period of grief or anxiety or loss, which a lot of us are feeling right now. I mean, I have friends that have lost jobs in this pandemic, you know, people have lost loved ones. And, you know, maybe you can share with us how you can deal with it in the midst of going through grief or anxiety at the point where you really need that divine presence the most. And a lot of times at that point, you just aren't feeling it. You know, you're, you're at the lowest point ever.
1: Right. So in in your, in our lowest moment is when, when we really have nothing else to do but surrender. Right. And in that space, when you start to say, God, I have nothing else to do here and I don't know if you exist or I don't know if I can connect with you, but I need your grace at this moment. And, and this is not about testing God, but it's about seeking God and wanting to connect to God and asking him to kind of reveal himself in your heart. And he will. He will absolutely do that because it's you are his creation and he loves you so much, right? And I'm not trying to kind of breach here or, or trying to come up with um, religious, you know, uh, points of views or mantras, but these, I'm talking from a very much a personal experience in which I've experienced that myself. Um, I've experienced a disconnection. I've experienced the anger, the betrayal, the frustration, and, and God has been with me every step of the way. Um, it comes over time. And then I reflect back and I say, oh, my God, that was amazing. And, and, and my prayers were answered. So it's all about, um, you know, having faith and letting God guide your life and move you forward, no matter how that looks like.
0: Right. I mean, and you've, you've had horrible things happen, like everybody. I mean, yeah. that's part of the human experience. We're all going to have to deal with death in our lives and disappointment and pain and grief and all of those things. And, you know, that just kind of gives us a a chance to reset. I'm talking with Iman al-Zabi about her beautiful new book. It's called Finding Grace, Daily Comfort for Uncertain Times and uh, helping us, giving us Answers on on how we can uh, look within. The answers lie within. Did you ever hear that song? (laughs) The Cat (laughs) Stephen song. Yeah, and we embrace Islam as well, which is funny. (laughs) So we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back and continue our conversation with Iman al-Zabi and her book, Finding Grace. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining me after the break here. Just having a beautiful conversation with Iman al-Zabi. She's a Muslim spiritual teacher and life coach and she's joining me here through the magic of technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's in in Abu Dhabi and I'm here in California. And we're just talking about her book Finding Grace, Daily Comfort for Uncertain Times. Boy, was I happy when this landed on my desk. Oh my gosh. I'm like, wow. <laughs> this is the perfect thing for me to be reading right now as right. we're all globally, you know, just going through this unbelievable um, time of you know crisis transformation uh maybe something beautiful could be coming out of it so before the break we were talking a little bit about uh a kind of a return to god you know how crisis can provide an opportunity for spiritual al- alignments you know kind of getting us back in the groove here but also creative expression and life purpose and i want to talk about that a little bit because you know, just in talking with friends who have experienced some transition, you know, uh, one good friend of mine lost her job after 19 years with a company, you know, and she's really lost. She's just adrift right now, not really knowing what to do. And so I was talking to her and saying, okay, well, look, this is an opportunity. What do you really want to do? You know, what what is really going to make you come alive as you move forward, because, you know, she'll probably be working another 10, 15 years or something like that. You know, don't you want to do something that you really love? And it made me think, like, how many other people, all of us around around the world, like, you've written this beautiful book. I mean, obviously, you didn't write it during the pandemic, right? You know, but how wonderful that your book is available now while we're dealing with this. So it just made me think, like, what do you think about the creative incubation that's happening right now, the beautiful music that's going to come out of this experience, the movies, the plays, the poetry, can, can we look at it in that way?
1: Oh, absolutely. This is a time. And there is no other time in history. It's been like as if humanity is on the verge to reclaim itself, right? And for us to reclaim ourselves means there's no other way except to bring what's inside of us out right? And through that creative expression, we start to restore the earth, we start to restore ourselves, we start to restore our communities, we start to restore, you know, our connections, um, our values, our, our politics, everything. We, can, we have the chance to do it now, right? And so whatever chaos we're witnessing is, is, is a shifting of systems, right? And we're going to be moving into something a lot more fluid, a lot more genuine, a lot more humane, only if we have made that decision ourselves, right? If we made the decision to move to that space. But if we chose, let's say, the darkness instead, um, this is where it's, to me, it feels like, you know, we've, we failed to salvage our souls, and so this is a moment to me where either the soul is going to move into full expression and it's, it will express itself beautifully, or it could move into a space of, of darkness in which we have suppressed it and suppressed its needs, suppressed its expre- expression in the world and not allowed it to come out. So whichever you choose, that's a question you ask yourself um, every day. Where am I going and what am I doing with my life that will – uh, restore me, restore humanity, will restore our connection to ourselves, to God and to nature, right we're all
0: in this together, so what even you know something that I'm experiencing here uh I don't know it's you know you've heard the story of the butterfly effect, right? The butterfly flaps right. his wings, and then you know there's a tsunami somewhere else. I mean, not that I want to cause something like that, you know <laughs> but maybe uh. You know, hopefully, even this conversation that we're having—you know—we're having this connection across the globe. Uh, maybe people listening will be inspired to pick up your book, you know, to do some self-inquiry, to look at their contribution to what's going on around them in in their own little world. So maybe in some way, this can, you know, help us move forward a little bit. I mean, I wonder what do you think. You know, looking forward, I mean, you have children, right? Do you? I, I do. You do. So, you know, their generation, when they grow up, how do you think history will look back at this in, in their in their time as they grow up and look back at what, what's happening now?
1: I really have no ability to even conceptualize <laughs> at that time because since we're kind of are in the space right now of transformation. Um, but what I could What I feel as a mother, I'm very much worried about their future. I have to say that. And my worry comes from a space of them not knowing how to deal with what's coming and them not feeling like they are able to be independent and able to fight for what's right and and stand by their values. So that to me is my daily work here now. So then they can do that when they grow up. Um, so, yeah, uh, to me, this is, I, I don't know, <laughs> I'm unable to even see how they will react. But this is what you do here and now as a mother that will allow them to stand on their feet. I'm actually starting a, a new project called um, My Vine Community, which is basically um, is a response from this, this chaos that have happened. And, and when the supply chain was interrupted and we couldn't get food, the food that we normally have. Um, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna have to create a new project in which I allow communities to establish themselves in in on the principles of self sufficiency. So I'll be walking people through a hundred day challenge in which they start to have their own garden, start to learn self sufficiency, food preservation, uh, a- a- emergency medicine, um, you know, um, household management you name it. So everybody's going to kind of set their sustainability goals and then work towards that. So that to me, this is a project that came out of the desire of wanting to teach my children those very essential survival skills that I know they will need when they grow up. So I'm, I'm so great. Yeah. That's my response to this.
0: And will you be doing that as an online course or, um, you know, something through your, something through your website?
1: Well, right now it has a website called myvinecommunity.com, but um, it doesn't, I have not decided if this is going to be an online, um, you know, community. Right now I'm seeking uh, the current community I'm in. We're going to start a pilot program. And in that pilot program, I'll decide whether it's going to launch as online thing, or we can actually do it in local communities that we have here. And I'm connecting to farms and other people who can help teach those skills to those people.
0: That's so great. I mean, and see, you're you're working to bring something forward, um, kind of inspired by the challenges and the situation that we're in right now. So that, that's a perfect example. Now, some of the work that you do in Abu Dhabi, you work for NYU as an executive educator. And I, I wanted to talk about how spirituality integrates with leadership because I mean, I'm looking around and I'm seeing, you know, and I'm, I i do not want to, I'm not going to get too political, (laughs) you know, but I'm seeing lack of leadership everywhere. You know, there's a lot of confusion. It doesn't seem like there's clear messages. Um, people are afraid. And I know a lot of times government tries to keep out Spirituality, in a lot of ways. I mean, how how do you think
1: that works together? You know, and creating great leaders. Right. To me, great leaders are authentic people. It's as simple as that, right? And the more you're exhibiting your values, the more people will be attracted to you. They'll 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 see your leadership because you're you're exemplifying, you're acting on your values, and that's how I live my life. It's just. I, I, I walk my talk, let's say, and I make sure that my team understand, you know, what my values are and they they see them very clearly in the way I talk, in the way I act, in the way we conduct business and do things together. Um, and so I am like, you know, uh, what they see is what they get with them. And so they understand how to kind of work with me instead of like walk on, on eggshells, let's say. And so, yeah, to me, great leadership is about authenticity. It's about your, living your values. There's no other way to doing it. You know, if you want to do uh, um, great work wherever you are, that has to come from within in which you are very clear about who you are. You are very clear about what you stand for. You are very clear about what you want to achieve in life, right? And so your connections will come from that space. Um yeah.
0: But before you can do that, you have to really be clear within yourself, right? Oh, yeah. Before you can, you know, before you can lead others. So you have to really go
1: through that process. Right, right. And and I actually do that with some of my team members in which we kind of go into a discovery space in which... um I allow them to see themselves much more. So I do adopt a coaching uh, uh, model in which I lead them. Um, we look at, you know, what is it they seek in terms of their career? What is it, What are their values? We look at all of these things. And, you know, I always do emotional check-ins with them just to make sure that they're doing okay, especially th- during the pandemic. Um, I want to reach out and make sure that they're fine. We're still doing stuff, but through Zoom right now. But, you know, because I built the team very well at the very beginning, I felt like we, when we transitioned, we didn't struggle as much. So it was really a nice transition. They're the same people. They know who I am and we're connecting online. But I didn't feel like I, I lost them or I they disconnected from us. Um, we're, we're still integrated pretty much uh, in, in the online sphere.
0: So you had already set the the base, right? You had already created... You know something solid, so that when all of this happened, it wasn't it wasn't a big shakeup. Yeah, you know, yeah. in working with people, that's great. So you just meet with people on Zoom and and help them to be more effective leaders.
1: Right, and and we do teach uh, leadership as one of the things that we teach at Exec Ed is leadership development, and so that's the things that we allow people to emerge into their roles as leaders. So uh, part of it is teaching them their values. And that's where you say, how does spirituality integrate? I design courses and part of my design comes and is inspired by my understanding of spirituality. And so that is infused in the way I even design the courses and programs that we offer.
0: So some someone who's in a leadership role, if they're an atheist, they probably wouldn't be interested in in doing that. Have you ever encountered
1: that? No, not really, because we don't talk about God in these uh, spaces. We don't, um, we, we talk fundamental kind of um, leadership development, but it has to come from a basis of theory about self-awareness, a theory about uh, emotional intelligence a theory about resilience and change management. So those are the things we kind of look at. So these are common universal, um, you know, uh, concepts. So, but the way I weave them and, and, and the journey I take the emerging leaders into, it comes from my understanding of how do you take an internal journey towards truth, right? How do you take an internal journey towards transformation, um, coming from a space of information to insight to transformation? And that's the model that I use.
0: Right. But I think some people are just really natural leaders. Um I'm, like I'm I'm uncomfortable sometimes being in that role where I like to be more of the the democratic one of, well, what do you think? What do you think? You know, and then when all eyes turn to you and say, well, you have to make the decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? You know, can't we vote? Um, where I've seen other people that like my sister, for example, she's an educator like you. And she is just a natural leader. She can walk into a room. She takes control. Um, so I, I think I think that's interesting in in dealing with personalities. You know that some people are just more more of a natural leader. Do you see right. that too
1: in in your yeah. work? Yeah, and we teach also, uh, or we look at uh, personality temperament, and in that temperament, you see that there are people who are um, more of a consensus building. And there are people who are like, I want to make the decision. I want to be able to make it. And you guys follow me. And some people combine both ways. But at the end of day, they make the decision themselves, uh, which is that's my my way of doing it. I ask questions and allow them to voice their opinions. And then we look at everything. And then I am the one who makes the, the decision at the end of it. But we've already looked at each aspect. To the point that you feel like, you know, um, we've looked at all of them. Now is the time for decision and it's always embraced. So um, I feel like that's the best way to go. So the
0: buck stops with you.
1: <laughs> you have to make
0: the decision.
1: And, and I take full responsibility and, and I'm accountable for whatever, you know, the consequence of that decision. That's another thing
0: that's great. Well, I'm going to try to work more towards that or being more comfortable with that. And I think it's interesting as you get older that I've I've found that that gets a little bit easier because I think when I was younger, I was more concerned about being liked and and having everybody be happy. And I recently had a situation where I had to uh deal with someone and, and share with them information that didn't make them didn't make them happy. You know They weren't happy with what I was the direction I was giving them. And normally, I would be so upset that, oh, I made them unhappy. And then mm-hmm. when I hung up the phone after the call, I realized, I'm not that upset that I made them unhappy, I had to share this information with them on something they had to correct. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think, I
1: think and you're not responsible I, for the way they received it.
0: Right, right. But, and I, but I was surprised at myself because normally I would have felt upset that I made them upset. But then I thought, "Oh, I'm not really I'm not really that upset that he that he's angry with me." <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's something that you get as you get a little older like I don't care what you think so much, you know. Right. Which is very freeing, right? Maybe that's more I think that's more women we tend to deal with that because we're pleasers and we want to make people happy that we're worried about how we're perceived and that if we're liked.
1: Right, right. But it's also cultural and it's also, you know, personality and how the culture kind of, is it a direct culture or is it a culture that kind of, you know, covers things before you even say something? Uh, our our upbringing and our culture plays a role in that as well.
0: Yeah, And do you find that too when you're working with women and that they're trying to, you know, move into a leadership role and, you know, trying to make people happy and, you know, kind of that people pleaser thing. Do you, do you see that in, in women that you work with?
1: Yeah, all the time. And it it depends, of course, again, depends on her uh, personality, but some women do, do want to play the nurturing role, the, the pleasing role and taking care role. But when you are in a leadership position, you understand you are responsible. And you are responsible for the outcomes. And when you are, it means you have to organize everything to make sure the outcomes are the way they should be, right? And so understanding that helps you say, I'm going to stay focused on the outcome. The way you give feedback to others, the way you describe what happened is very important. This is where you learn how to practice emotional intelligence. This is where you practice... um, sandwiching the feedback let's say you know you do you start with a positive note and then you say what's well, negative and then you end it with positive and then people take it and 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 deal with it because if they're adults and they're professionals they'll take it and they'll process it and you'll you'll also say to them i'm here to help you get to that space right and this is where the coaching perspective comes in i'm going to get you get to the place where you're going to master this and where you're going to be good at it and i'll be with you along the way and to me, that's what is excellent leadership should be.
0: Right. I, I love that concept, the the sandwich.
1: <laughs> I've right. used that
0: before, you know, in the past, you know, as you approach someone, so you're doing a really great job doing this, however, you know, or, but then there's this, and then you try to finish it with something positive, like slipping I, in. I don't
1: say though, I don't say however or, or, but because they kind of tell what's coming right? And they say, Oh, my God, I messed up. Um, What I say would be something completely like doesn't describe like a turn. What I would say is something like, I can see that, you know, uh, you're trying hard in, in doing this. And I can see that in this space, you didn't, you know, address the issues that we need to address. How about, you know, you do this or that or whatever it might be. I don't make a you you don't say you because it's uh judgmental and it's it gets them on the defensive but what you say is um you don't say you did this or you did that you don't get them to admit or blame them but you just describe reality and you allow them to see it as you describe it and then you see and you ask them questions about it like what would you like to do how would you want to resolve this and let them answer so that's um you know I would how I would address it instead of kind of putting the butt because that they, they anticipate that you know you're gonna, you're gonna turn on them
0: oh I like that i'm I'm making I'm making a note of this <laughs> as we're talking because in my interaction with people i'm I'm gonna use that tip you know and and hopefully I'll become a better communicator as a result of that so it's been so awesome to talk with you and give, and you're giving me so much time today. I really appreciate it. So we just have a a couple of minutes, uh, to chat, but I do want to make sure that people go to your website and, you know, check out both of the books. I mean, I think finding grace is, is just such a beautiful addition to anybody's library, you know, and giving you something that you can read every day. And, and people love that, you know, at, at unity, um, here on unity, online radio, Um, The Unity organization has had daily word for, you know, I don't probably 100 years. I mean, a long time, you know, and giving people just a kind of a positive affirmation or a thought, something that they can contemplate. I I read it at at the start of of my day. And that's what I liked so much about the new book, you know, giving you these things, uh, ideas and concepts that you can can ponder it and think about and also the way you kind of tied it into the seasons so you know right now um we're in summer it's hot so people could start reading at that part of the book in that season and then just kind of follow it along you know right for each day yeah. so i really i really love how you have that set up and <laughs> I don't know if you can, can you hear the jackhammers? <laughs> That's crazy. You know, uh, hey, people, what can you do when you're doing radio and you're doing it from the spacious Diane Ray Studios here? And I've got guys jackhammering outside. I'm trying to do my best. But you've been so great in, you know, trying to ignore it. And I'm, and I'm trying to ignore it. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> right? I'll just thinking, say, uh, Diane, sorry? I'm just going to say, oh, it just adds to, uh, you know, the, the whole situation that we're dealing with, like, hey, I'm trying to, I'm surrendering to the fact that I can't stop this guy with a jackhammer outside. Right. Um, you know, I still want to con- uh, continue our few minutes here of conversation with you. So hopefully this is adding listeners... to the
1: richness and the depth of our conversation. It's okay. Right. right.
0: Like the listeners will understand, hey, I don't know what you're dealing with on your end. I'm dealing with this guy. And I'm, I'm trying to do my best here. So for just the last, you know, minute or, or so, um, what what can you leave us to to give us hope? You know, as we're moving through these uncertain times, um, you know, maybe a, a meditation or or a message.
1: Maybe I say let's let's read a few of those um, passages in the book and see how people kind of receive that. Um, you know, you. Normally what people told me, as soon as they open up to something, it's always like the perfect message for them. They didn't even open it by season. They just opened it and their eyes, you know, uh, would lay on something that they felt like perfect for them. So how about you do that and we read a few.
0: Oh, that would be great. You know, I have it. Do you have the book handy? I have it. I have it on
1: my phone.
0: Yeah. If you have it handy, maybe you could share something with us. Sure. And I like that idea of kind of just opening it and seeing what we get, because I bet it will be the perfect message for, for this moment in time.
1: Right. What I've got right now is day 117. It says, um, in your darkest night, seek the light of faith. I love that. And it's how true,
0: <laughs> how, right. how appropriate, right. In, in our darkest night, um, See the see the light of faith. You know, I know, I know. I brought up a, a Cat Stevens song er, song earlier, but there's another song that kind of um, is a favorite of mine by George Harrison, and he he says, um, "All things must pass." And in the song, he says, "You know, sunlight doesn't last forever. Darkness comes. It is just beautiful." And he was a very spiritual guy too, George Harrison and was kind of on a spiritual journey for, for most of his life. Um, and that song I always think is beautiful. Like when I feel uncertain, I play All Things Must Pass. Because they do, right? And this, this too will pass, don't you I think?
1: Love what, well, yeah, absolutely. And I love what you just said. It's about you know, darkest, darkness must come. And I think humanity needs to understand that when darkness comes, um, you are given the chance to preserve the light within you. You are given the chance to transform, to come out as a light, right? And this is, to me, is when, when a, a space of darkness shifts humanity, you have to be the light. You have to connect with and, and and really create that space for yourself. And you cannot do it alone, of course. You have to do it in, in your communion with the divine, which is the ultimate life and the ultimate light that we all seek.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad your voice is out there, Iman. It's such a joy to talk with you. And people can find you on your site, imanalzabi.com. And also look up the book, Finding Grace, Daily Comfort for Uncertain Times. And thank you for putting up with the jackhammers (laughs) and all the other (laughs) craziness. I'm so glad you could join me today. Thank you, Diane. Great talking to you.